Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Lovin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all, all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the, in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in, in the topic. So if you know, stammering is quite a topical subject and it either gets spoken about a lot or it never gets spoken about. And I, and I always talk about the power of social media as well, which we'll talk about further along. And one area that I find really interesting around stammering is how your, your fatigue, your motivation, but also your fitness levels may depend on like how your stammer and how your body feels may affect your stammer. And I've spoken to a few people within this area before, and I find it really interesting how Lots of people with a stammer, you may not realise it, but their jobs, they talk to people every single day and they don't let their stammer hold them back. So this guest today is, we found each other on social media. I was watching his content and it's made me feel very motivated, but also terrified about my fitness level at the same time. And but, but we've got David Coleman, who's coming on to talk about his stammer, but also what he does, he's been in the Royal, Royal Marines and he's a fitness trainer as well. But also we will be talking about Ken Semmer, the footballer of the stammer. So welcome to a podcast. Will, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's an honour. Thank you. So can you, just in, can you just introduce yourself and tell my viewers what you do for a living? Yeah, of course. So my name's David Coleman. Um, I joined the, uh, the Royal Marines aged age 16, um, when my stammer was much, much worse. Um, I was given the nickname Mumbles, and that stuck for my entire military career. Um, I went on to leave after seven and a half years of service, um, served in Afghanistan, overseas, and all over the world. Um, I then went on to start my own company, Civi to Commando, which essentially bridges the gap between being a civilian and a commando. So in the time you've applied for the military, we can help prepare you physically and mentally and help give people good fitness program, but also give them the confidence that they may, they may be lacking. Because I know when I was younger, my main concern, I just wasn't confident and I had so many questions. I was on the edge, you know, wanted to ask someone and, you know, ask all these questions. Um, so I wanted to be that a bit of a mentor for people and also run military weekend um, experience camps. Um, and the journey's taken me in all, all different directions, onto podcasts and into public speaking, which having a stammer my whole life, which is much better now, but was something I wrote off forever and thought wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't be possible, as I'm sure you can empathise with and the talks that, that you've done so that's pretty much my story up to now. Well, and we'll talk about it more further on, but have you come across many people with a stammer when, when you're in the Marines and now doing your training? Have you come across many people with a stammer? So when I was in the military, um, I didn't ever meet anyone with a stammer. Really? I was the only one that I knew of. Um, and I, I, I never noticed it unless... I mean, you can always notice it in someone, can't you? Yeah. Just the little things. And yeah. you can go, uh, hey, you've got a stammer, haven't you? And yeah. they're like, oh, someone else that's going to take the piss out of me. And I'm like, no, no, 
and I noticed because I've got one too. I'm not like, yeah. oh, thank God. You know, <laughs> they can have the normal conversation with you. Yeah, but but it's that radar, and like, I like I I do the exact same, and it's like you've got exactly. Then <laughs> then so they, they may not have mentioned, it, but I'm like, huh, they got a stammer, and, yeah. and someone's like. No, they don't. How do you know? I was like, trust me. Yeah, yeah. Every right. stammer, you know every type of stammer. And it's was there any type of stammer um, like support group in the military? Like, was there any? Do you know if there was any like support group at all? Like, because there, there are lots of different support groups in like different areas. So, so I'm wondering if there was a stammering support group within the military. I'm not gonna say there definitely wasn't one because maybe there was and it didn't come onto my radar but I never knew of anything and being honest it wasn't something that was ever you know pushed to me or told to me I mean you have to go out and find these things yourself but not that I was aware of um I've spoken to Stammer recently you know the the, uh, uh, uh charity and they have um armed forces section there of like armed forces members and veterans so there definitely is a connection through them which i've seen um but not to my knowledge that's really interesting because what i'm what i'm looking at so i mean is this what areas have like resources like stand resources and where because it's always the areas that you think there should be resources there there are and it's like but also looking at it internationally as well like seeing where what the resources are like in like the uk compared to like the us and i was having a conversation with someone who's from the us but lives over here and she was talking about how different her stammer no not her stammer but she's got a nephew who who has a stammer and she's like and what i've learned over here the resources and like the program is just completely different over there like you would think that it's very very popular to not popular but to get lots of resources she said there are none it's so hard to come by to find it like especially a country like the us it's very hard but also it's mainly private as well so if you do find it it costs a lot of money but i would love to talk to you about your stammer when did when did you first realize that you had one but also how was it when you were younger so um, when I was younger, I was actually, I mean, I've never been the most academic in terms of school interested me or anything like that. I've always been playing rugby, getting muddy and going out and, and being active, right? But I was actually really good at reading and I was ahead of people for my reading when I was younger. I can't remember the exact age, but I think it was around the sort of seven, eight, nine marker. And I was asked to read a book in front of school or in front of my class or something like that. And I'd been practicing at home with my dad, I think. Um, and then when I stood up to do it, it happened. And it had never happened before. I'd never stammered. And that was it. It was like, you know, that, uh, uh, that old saying, when the wind changes, your face stays the same. It was like, that was it. I had a stammer from then. It was like, and it, Obviously, as we know, it's a fear and anxiety of talking. This is what I'm trying to say to people. Like, imagine being scared to talk. You know, like, it, it's one thing being scared of spiders, right? You might see a spider a week, but you talk thousands of times a day. You know, absolutely so many times that it's a fear 
all the time. And the anxiety got worse and worse. The fear of speaking, public speaking especially, got worse and worse. And it got to the point where struggling to say my own name. But you summed that up perfectly about the spiders because I've never heard, like, it's so hard to explain that fear of not being able to say your words because I think not that many people, you can't relate relate it to something else because no one has that big of a fear that you can't say your words. And it's like holding in your biggest, biggest secret that you can't tell, but having that on every word that you say because you feel like you can't say it, but you have to say it. That's a really, really interesting summary, but it's so interesting how every single person mentions reading out at school. And I had completely forgotten about this memory. And you know how sometimes you just get memories unlocked from like weird and random. Yeah. I had this memory from like reading out in school and I'm not sure where it came from or I, I just had this really clear memory come out of nowhere. And I remember standing it out, and but I remember these someone else in my class trying to finish a sentence for me to hurry oh, up. Yeah. And I remember <clears throat> just standing there, and I just looked at my teacher, and then I just walked out of the classroom, and he was like, "What's going? Was like, what's happening? Was like, he basically he knew what he was doing." I don't think he understood the consequences of it. Or what it would be. Because people think that they're helping. Or... They do. They do think so. Because I've spoken to my friends about this and people finish your sentence for you and I give them a death stare. And I'm like, yeah. and they're like, well, I, I thought I saw you struggling and I was trying to help you. And I said, yeah. to me, it's you couldn't be asked to wait two seconds yeah. for me to persevere and get that out. And it's like pity. And yes. you want to do it yourself, don't you? Because that's a really, in like, that's my big thing. Like, when I was in my TEDx, one thing that I wanted to get across is people think that they're helping, but at the same time, why, why are you going to do that with that extra few seconds in a sentence? So, like, but also, people don't realize that if you make a scene about our stammer, we will stammer more, but also we will stammer more badly. So, you'll be there for even longer. So, it's not like you're even speeding up the conversation. And it's like, why would you tell someone to hurry up saying the sentence when you wouldn't tell a granny to hurry up crossing the road? True, that's a really good analogy for it. Because it's like, you, you wouldn't tell, like, if you saw someone struggling to cross the road, you wouldn't think, oh, come on, you can do it. But it's like, if you saw, <coughs> but how come it's okay for people to go, come on, or like roll their eyes. And it's like, you wouldn't do that like a traffic light if you saw someone struggling to cross the road because Absolutely. it's not a human thing to do. You know what I think it is? I think um, because I appreciate for other people, it's a very uncomfortable situation to be in because yeah. people don't know where to look. You start, mine gets quite facial, yes. spitting and all sorts. And I'm like, oh God, sorry. The only thing you can do is make a joke out of it, I think. But they don't know where to look and it's uncomfortable for them. So they're trying, they probably think you feel uncomfortable and they're trying to help you get out of that situation yeah. quicker. But I just think it's education. If these people were educated in actually that's the wrong way um, because it makes you feel worse, they wouldn't do it. I just do think it's, no one teaches them when they're kids. No one's taught. This is one of those, 
life lessons that you have to just find out one day. And not a lot of people become, you know, know people with a stammer very personally to the point where they would tell them. Yeah. And it's a very odd situation to explain as well, because I think we notice it, but also we stammer more in our heads because we know like our stammer words than other people do. So yeah. I'm like, this may have been a very fluent conversation, but I know I've stammered five times in this conversation, which you may not realise. Did you ever have speech therapy growing up? Yes. So I was taken to it when I was younger. Um, and this isn't a dig to speech therapy in, in general, but the woman I had just wasn't right for me. I actually, I was very young and I was not scared. Well, yeah, maybe scared to go to it because I didn't want to maybe at a young age accept that I was I was different to everyone else or or whatever. But um, she was impatient with me. I was looking for a bit of a, a nice woman to put her arm around me and say, it's going to be okay. And maybe it was her method, but it was very, right, come on, right, right. And it just wasn't what I needed back then might be a really good method but it didn't work for me when i was in the military um it was pushing on like i I never wanted to promote any further than where i i wanted to really but it was pushing on that time in my career and i was told uh because you have to give lectures and you have to present and you have to give orders and i was told if i didn't do speech therapy to fix to fix my stammer i wouldn't be able to uh promote I, i wouldn't be able to go any further and I didn't really want to anyway. So I thought, right, that's just made me want to go to speech therapy even less. But I, I went once when I was in the military, but same thing, it just couldn't relate to the person. You know, I was like, you're probably reading this out of pamphlet or a book and you don't know what it's, I just I couldn't do it. It, it. it might have just been me, it wasn't me. It wasn't the way it was gonna help me. I think I've done it myself really. Because it thing like I had speech I had speech therapy for the first 10 years of my life, like wow. and I still remember the names of, of my uh, and I can direct you. One of the hospitals has burned down, but I can still direct you to the room. I can still navigate you, I can still describe the room to you. And I just thought that was just normal because I went every single week and it was just the same routine and it's really, and then I stopped having speech, so speech therapy stops by the NHS at around 10, 11, so when people go to secondary school, which I, which is one of the things that I'm really passionate to work on in the future, because speech therapy stops when secondary school happens, and I think secondary school is such a vital pay, a vital stage of like young people's lives, but also that's when bullying yes. peak. And why is the support stopping around that era when everyone talks about the mental health aspects in young people but if the support isn't provided by them that's not going to help and like we all know the mental health aspects around stammering at the best of times so you think of how because everyone says secondary school was the hardest secondary uh, and i've spoken to people who work in my field and they go oh we know and my school was had 70 students in it and I didn't have speech therapy then, my son was really good. Then I went to a college of 4,000 students. Wow. And I had no idea if I was going to be with other people who stammer, and the anxiety just threw my stammer off the radar. Went back to my GP, like, 
what's happened to my voice is and then he referred me to the Michael Palin Centre in London, where I did a two-week intense course. And it was a life-changing course because I hadn't had techniques to help with adulthood. I had only ha had techniques to help like in, in the classroom. So it was so like they've given me techniques which I still use now, but also they teach you how to love your stammer, right? How to understand it. And we talk about like, the iceberg and one of the things that they make you do is like going into like the nearby park and asking for directions. And normally I would run from asking from would just try and work yeah. on myself rather than ask for directions. All by the time I brought up the courage, that person had been halfway down the park and we was under the park. And since then I've not had any speech therapy, and that was seven years ago. Wow. And like now my stomach's the best it's ever been because I'm now doing like different techniques that I know that. But I think speech therapy was talking to someone in India and um, because he was asking for like advice and, and support. And he said, what techniques do you recommend? So I'm going to tell you techniques that have worked for me, but I could, it's like a recipe. It's stammering speech therapy techniques are literally like a recipe how you could give it to five different people and every five, every one of us five people would do a different take of our recipe because everyone has their own method. It may work for some, it may work for some. And I said, give it a try. It may not work for you, but don't, but that's not because of you doing it wrong. It's just, it may not be your style. And I said, you can also try this technique. And one technique that I use on people who don't stammer is I, I teach them how to stammer. And it, so at my live podcast event, the lovely, lovely Sharon Gafka was there and she was doing some social media videos. And I said, can I teach you how to stammer? And she was like, okay, what do you mean by, she was like, how can you teach me how to stammer? And, and lots of people were just looking at me thinking, what on earth is he talking about? So I said, <laughs> right, you're going to say, welcome to Stammer Stories Live. My name is Sharon, going, my name is Stammer. So I said, say this, my name is Sharon Gafka and I am at Stammer Stories Live. And I said, but really prolong the M, really prolong the of stories and then prolong the S. And I said, do it really slowly. And first time she was, she was like, oh, that felt really good. So I was like, how did that make you feel? She said, I felt so frustrated that I just couldn't get it out. It was like, fate was like, and then I was like, are we going to do it again? She was like, and when she was practicing it, she started stammering herself. She was like, that was so weird. I'm now stammering, thinking about the stammer. But it was just really interesting hearing her thoughts around what it was like to stammer. She was like, I've now seen it in a completely different light. Now I've tried it. But as you know, stammering has its peaks and its troughs. And sadly, we all have our troughs and they're quite deep. And could you talk about one of the times that you struggled with your stomach, but also how you overcame that situation as well? I, well, in the early stages of my company now, um, I had the opportunity to go and pitch my my business um, to a person who um, 
I, I wasn't really looking to gain anything out of it. It wasn't for like investment or anything. It was more just for help, you know, experience, et cetera, et cetera. And I, it was my first time presenting pretty much in my life because I'd always dodged it like the plague. I'd always found a way to not do it. And I had to do it this time. And I'd practiced and I felt confident. And I got in there and it started and it really snowballed. And I saw, you know, you noticed them looking away, everything like that. And I was like, oh God, this is really, and there's no one else in the room. It's only me here, you know, like, yeah. and I explained, I said, I've got a stammer, um, just so you know, and this is normal, like this happens to me um, because for the more that I went, it got worse and worse. And I was just happy by the end to have finished it. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. That's never, never going to happen to me again. I'm never going to feel that embarrassed and that because I know what I had to say was good, but it didn't come out well. It's like telling a, a joke. What's the most important part of a good joke is timing. But if you can't get the timing out, you can't deliver the joke well. <laughs> it just loses it. So it's the same with delivering a presentation. And I was, I was really frustrated with myself and with my company now, my online coaching company, I message people every day, loads of people. And we do check-ins and we speak all the way through, through, through the week. And then in quite a lot of detail on, on the weekend. And I said I was going to voice note everyone. I wanted to voice note everyone. And I wanted to, to tell them straight, I've got a stammer, but I'm going to voice note you. And that's me putting myself out of my comfort zone. If you're going to put yourself out doing the training, then I'm going to do it too. And I've been doing that for a year since that pitch. And it really has fixed my stammer incredibly. And I said it, it's like, if you wanted to go to the gym and get bit and get stronger, you would go and do the reps every day with your weights. So I want to fix my stammer. What should I do? I don't like talking to people, so I'll just hide away and not talk. Well, you're never going to get better. You can't be a victim and just yeah. hope that a miracle will happen one day and it will just solve itself because you want it to solve it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The way it solves itself is by doing the reps. And for me, the reps were the voice notes. And I was doing five voice notes per day. I'm doing 100 voice notes per day now, you know, every day, all the time, voice note, voice note. And I, I, I don't play it back, but it's just, it's just my practice. Yeah. And I've noticed it's got so much better just by practicing being a bit slower. And since that day and trying to push myself to speak every day a lot more than I normally would to strangers too, which I think is a, a main part. And I open the conversation in a voice note, which might take people off guard, but it's helped me so much. And I think that's been a great way. I've had quite a lot of people message me about stammering and asking for tips. And I said, the only way I can explain it is start to voice note your, your closest people, your family, your missus, your fella, your, your whatever. And they just say, it's just to try and help me and voice note me back and we'll voice note now. And it's like getting the reps in. And you're doing it every day. And then, as you said, do it to strangers. Go up to someone and ask for directions. But voice note people on WhatsApp in a group chat in whatever you do. And it's helped me no end. It's practice every day without knowing it's practice. That is so in, like, that has just completely caught me off guard because it's a completely different situation to, like, the presentation bit. 
lots of people have mentioned presentations, but what I found really interesting is how you took that, but also, as you say, like the gym, the reps, like the, and but also working on it to push yourself. And actually, I don't think people realize, like people will say to me, how can you cure my stomach? And I'm like, well, that's, that's a big word. It's <laughs> a big word, but that's a big question. I can't cure it, but I can change my mindset about it. And I think people don't realize how much of the anxiety, the thoughts around stammering is the mindset based because you tell yourself people will judge me because of my stammer. So you expect people to judge you. And if you don't tell yourself, I'm going to do this because it will feel great it will feel great when you do it and you'll feel so good after. And like you do have that big like adrenaline, like whenever I, I do the things that I, so when I was doing my TEDx, I found my practice to my team way more nerve wracking than the actual TEDx itself because it's people who I know and I always get more conscious about my stammer because they know my stammer. So they'll know that if I'm stammering more, I'm I'm more nervous so like yeah, yeah yeah but it's like whenever I do media I don't get nervous about my stammer but it's a really weird mindset how whenever I'm writing about my stammer because I'm used to like when I write presentations like nope chop that word because I'll stammer that word but when I'm yeah. writing about my stammer my I got one half saying no take it out because you'll stammer the other half going don't be so stupid keep it in because it's like you need to say those words to get it out there. And, but I would, like, I hate doing voice notes. Like, I, I'm yeah. more, I'm, I'm slowly getting them with more and more people. But, so, but I, I once made a mistake of, of listening back to one. Mm -hmm. Never, never listen back to your own voice notes. I let them go. I let them go and I never yeah. listen. <laughs> yeah. And, and then someone's like, oh, did you say that? And, and your voice was like, I, I am not listening back. So if I said it, I said it. But if I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. And, but I would now, so now like talking to like your clients and we'd love to talk about how your, what you do and like your, your online coaching, but also as a fitness and like doing your briefing, but also how does your stamina affect it in a everyday situation? Um... It doesn't now. I don't let it. I don't allow it to. There was a time when I was in the Marines, and I'm, you know, I've no shame in saying it now, but this is when you're meant to be an alpha male, a tough bloke, you know, not scared of anything really. And I would decline phone calls to my friends for years, and I'd just say the uh, signal's bad up here. It wasn't. I just didn't want to do a phone call. I just text. Can, can we text? I was scared to answer the phone, you know, like, and it was taking over my life completely. Um, if I was asked to do a presentation, if I was asked to speak to everyone, if I was asked to do anything, I'd find a way out of it every single time. I would go, I would make it my aim to not have to do that. And now I actively go out of my way to do it. I think the most growth that you'll do in your life physically and mentally is in discomfort, is doing the things you don't want to do. Like, I really want, like, I had the idea of doing public speaking and I was like, yeah, yeah, the, the idea of it's great. The idea of it's great. Yeah, of course, I'll stand up there and I'll conquer it. And that's it, done. Um, 
And then I was waiting to go on and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, what have I done? But after it, how good do you feel? You feel like you took on the world. Like that's, I, I can do it. And you get the most out of doing the things you don't want to do. So now in day to day, I push myself to speak in the ways that I didn't want to do because I know the best growth comes from doing it even when you don't want to do it. Yeah, and I, what I, I am the exact same about public speaking and every person says to me, like, you are the last person who I would expect to do public speaking because of having some, and I'm like, that's where you're wrong because that's how I push myself. And I, my motto is for like a podcast and whenever I do times, it's like, I want to do things that some of us would hate to do. Like, when I talk to people that I, that I was doing in TEDx, I had like big names going, like journalists, like news presenters going, that's big. So, wow. it's like, so I was like, yeah, but that's my motivation. It was like, if I want to do a, a, a talk, I won't just, we'll do a standard talk, but for me to push myself, I have to do it to the next level to make it more scary and like that genuine. And I'll never forget before my TEDx, my, I could not tell you what happened beforehand before I went on. There's a selfie with me with one of the other speakers. I do not remember taking that selfie at all. And I remember going onto the side of the stage, ready and like the wings, they had a chair where you would watch the other the only thing I could see was a big TEDx letters and the stage lights. And there were 250 people in that room. And I could hear my heartbeat, every single beat just go and my brain just was like, and then I just changed my headset like, oh my God, it's actually happening. And it's like, probably adrenaline I felt after doing and uh, and then me, the person who was looking after me on the day, she's like, oh, don't you stay and watch the next week? She's like, I, I just need some time by myself in a, in a very empty room. Uh, and I literally went into the room, screamed, and my phone was just going, because people were watching on like, the live stream, my phone was just going ping, oh, ping, wow. ping, 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 ping. But it didn't actually sink in until I sat down and watched one of the other speakers, and I was like, wasn't, and, uh, and my thought process was really, really was, I was like, crikey, they must be really brave to stand up there, but my brother, and then I, <laughs> then I was this like, oh wait, that, that was me half an hour ago, like my brain was just instantly watching these people standing up on this big stage, as you do if you went to a theatre, you would think, to stand on that stage, my brain was just so used to like seeing the stage from the other angle, and then my brain was like, Huh. That was me. And then when, when I was like to my friends, I was just like, um, that was me on that stage earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> they're like, what are you on about? I was like, just don't question anything that I say today. And then it didn't sink in at all until I got home. And I'll never, never forget watching so Coldplay had shared this video of these deaf people wearing these vibration vests. Oh, and so I could feel the feel the music That's and good. when I watched that video every emotion doesn't released out and I was literally voice noting my friend like oh my god what's happened I was like what the hell and literally my phone was just lit up and 
when the day that I knew was being launched on my YouTube channel, which has first seven million people, it's got first seven million subscribers. Mine's now got three thousand views on it, which is just mega. And I will never forget the amount of people who just were reaching out to me. And I hate listening back to my own voice. And I knew that. And whenever I do like radio or anything, I I always record it back. And I have to leave the room whenever I record. And I'm doing doing the editing for these podcasts. I'm like, oh my god, do I really sound like that when I talk? Yeah, <laughs> it's different, isn't it, for you? But I so I was talking to uh, Joe Dilling, who's been on a podcast, Stammer PT, and I was saying, when you talk to your clients, do you mention about your about your stammer? Do you mention to your client, say when you voice note, do you always tell every every client that you've got a stammer? So <clears throat> I was doing it at the start. Um, I was letting them know. And then I've actually put it in the welcome pack now. It's in the introduction when they read yes. at the start. So they'll know before I even start talking. Um, but I think I like, I, I like the people to know because it feels like I'm worried about people finding out or sussing it out or working it out along the way. But if they know, I've got into a good, well, I'd say a good habit. I, I laugh about it. I sort of joke about it. If I tell someone about it and then it happens, I go, oh, just like that, you know, break, break the ice, make them feel a bit more comfortable because it can be uncomfortable, like we said. And I think the second they're at ease, and you're at ease, it's so much easier. I, like, it really is. And I think stammer is something that if you can, I can understand why people couldn't, but if you can laugh about it, if you can just get over it and see the funny side, you know, and beat them to the punch, then it's, yeah. it's it, it can't hurt you. One of the reasons why I say, why I ask you that question is, I, whenever I meet someone new, if I'm like working with them, I always say, I have a stammer. And in June last year, my brain was like, right, time to get fit. Never went to the gym before, so let's get PT. And for some reason, I normally, in this situation, would always mention my stammer. I never mentioned it to him because it was the last thing because my brain was just motivated on, on fitness. And... Normally, I would say, I'll just let you know, I do have a stammer. So if I stammer in like sessions, don't don't worry. And then I, my brain was telling me that I had told him. So I was just like, okay, great. Because I was just so comfortable with him straight away. And then I sent him, because I, I had done this like BBC thing, so I had sent him this thing. So I said, just if you're curious to learn more about me, here you go. And he's like, man, I had no idea about you, that you had a stammer. So I was like, did I tell you in our first welcome call? And he's like, no, this is the first I've heard of it. And I've never heard you stammer once in any of our sessions. It's like, nah, <clears throat> like, I do not believe you for I was like, sure no. And then, when he, then he's like, we will talk about it tomorrow when I next see you. And then I, I was actually like, I was like, I swear, I, he was like, I, I, I tell you what, you've never stammered once. And, and I would have no idea if you didn't send me an article. And Whenever I'm at the gym, I never stammer because I'm, and whenever I'm, I've got my head set on anything, I don't stammer at all. And whenever I've been to a gym, my stammer is the best it's ever been because I go out fresh 
mentality of like, yeah. and it's like quite brilliant. But I was just so surprised that I hadn't told him about myself because normally I'd do it to everyone. And I it must have been so comfortable with him. And I was like, but I guess it didn't really cross my mind that it would affect me. Because you know how like in certain situations, you don't really think, oh, there's no point, it won't really matter. But I but I talked to my personal trainer throughout my whole session, so I'm not sure why it didn't cross my mind. And this sort of links on to my next question. And one area, as you both know, like stammering is not really looked at, is within fitness or sport. Because I think people, like, especially around bullying, like, I think if people spoke about the stammering, like, certain sports, you, you'd be mocked, mimicked for it. And it would be, would add, and, and it's not your main focus, because it's like, but actually you got the pressure of, like, going over here, pass, pass, and actually that pressure may make you stammer more. And you've got people like Tiger Woods, Shaquille O'Neal, or Kelly Ryan. You've got so many famous sporting people who have a stammer and you just would have had no idea. But now recently, you've got people, you've got Ken Semmer, who's spoke about his stammer in a post-interview. And when I say I've never seen such a support comment section on any post, it was literally like, Mavis is amazing. But one area that really made me look into this was when you got football, basketball, or like cricket, when it's a team sport, uh, my brain just went in a completely wrong direction then. So when you've got different team sports, but also you but also you look at different team sports, when actually you may not think about your stamina at the time, but actually you've got basketball, football, cricket, or any team sport. When or rugby, when your stammer may be affected because you've got the pressure and like under pressure, people's stammer may break. What are your thoughts around stammering within sports and fitness? But also, do you think people should be open about it and like their team, or do you think they should? What What do you think? What's your thoughts around the area? Well, I saw the thing with Ken Samer, um, and I thought that was amazing that's really inspiring and for how scary it is for say me and you to go and speak to someone and ask for a coffee yeah imagine doing that whilst being recorded on live tv watched by millions or yeah or many people watch what but i'm not too sure <laughs> um it's got to be horrendous and that took a lot of bravery and i think you will have done a lot for people with, with stammers i had that sent to me by loads of people i actually flicked him message uh still waiting for him to read it but uh yes <laughs> um but i i played rugby since i was eight um since the time that i was stammering and i've never noticed it on a rugby pitch ever and this is something that we've always used is like well you don't stutter, you don't stutter when you sing you don't stutter when you play rugby you don't stutter when you know all these things because you're in flow i also think stammer <clears throat> Is, is, is related to anxiety and I've suffered no not suffer I have severe anxiety or I've, I've had it like whatever and I understand what it is and it's the worry that something's going to happen it's the fear of anticipation it's the it's the worry during rugby if the ball pops out and you say pass 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 you've not anticipated that that's just happened that's yeah. reactive you don't have time to 
oh, oh, I'm going to have to say this. I'm going to have to say this. That just happens. The words come out of your mouth. You don't even have time to think about it. And I think during rugby games is when I've never noticed it ever in my entire life. And I also think the fear of talking poorly or, you know, stuttering or stammering, um, you're worried about being judged on the quality of how you pronounce your pronunciation and your speech. But on the rugby pitch, you're judged on your rugby. And if you can let your rugby do the talking, then you don't need to talk. Yeah. And, but it just makes you wonder, like, was I can't even remember who I was having a conversation with. And, and so I've, uh, so I was part of a football team. Ah, so I was a guest who was a performance coach for, for the Liverpool women's football team. And I and and he's and he's got a stammer. And and I said, How does your stammer affect you? He was like, the team know that I've got a good stammer, but when I'm in the match, when I'm giving the coach directions like that person should go here, that person go here, because you're in that mindset, I never stammer at all. And it's like I I this YouTuber called Mr. JWW, he's got the most incredible car collection. He had never mentioned his stammer until he did a post when Maserati had asked him to launch one of their new models. And he did a post on social media saying, if you asked me this five years ago, I would have said no, because I've, I've got a stammer. And you would have had no idea. So I reached out to him instantly going, I've been watching you for years and I've had no idea that you had a stammer. We'd like to come on to a podcast. They're like, I've never spoken about it, so I'll come on and talk about it. And he was like, the moment that I press record on the camera, my stammer just goes. And people think that I describe cars in a really elaborate way. But actually, that's my speaking me mechanism for my stammer. So people think that I describe engines with great detail. But actually, that's just my stammer. And I've never stammered once in a video. Yeah. But, if, but if I'm travelling in a video, you may notice it slightly. But the moment the camera's off, I will stammer more and I still have bad stammer days. And I, and I was like, I would have had no idea unless you saw that post. And he was like, I did not know what to expect when I did that post. And he said, the response, the amount of DMs that I've got saying, me too, brother, here, was like, respect. He was like, I was not expecting, but also it gave me the boost that I never knew I needed. That's and it's good. like, my main may not be as severe but it's always there and it's always lingering and you do always think about her. And well, you, uh, you think about it, you notice it. Yeah. Like <clears throat> if I spoke to someone for five minutes and I said a hundred words, but the first word was a stammer and the last word was. Yeah. To me, I've stammered the whole way through. That's it. Yeah. That's the only part you remember, isn't it? And I had a meeting a few months ago. I mean, we were going through different, different, doing different placements, like line by line. And like half these placements have a word that I cannot say with my stammer. And, but I had to say the full thing because I had to give it the full detail explanation. And, and, and then, I, then I was literally, she was first meeting because it was from, some, from a different team. Just how to basically just break myself through. It was just like, Right, the drinks trolley and we'll be out by the time up. This meeting's done, so that's my reward for getting through it. And then, <laughs> when I then had to do it with my line manager, then I was like, right, so, so I just need to brace my son. And it was like, one earth, are you talking? When I said, if I tell you a letter that I hate with my son is A, 
really rolling on about free food. And then, <laughs> then, then she's like, she was like, she was like, the kindest way possible. Do you want me to extend this meeting room? I was like, yes, please. It's like, we will be here for much longer. But I've because, I know, but because I, I know her so well, like, she's the only person that could have said that. And we both would have joked about her. But the fact that she was like, the kindest way possible. Do I need to extend this meeting? So it's like, yeah. I was like, does it doesn't really She was like, she was like, and then and then the next we had done one page, and then she's like, well, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, don't even tell me. I know it's coming in. She's like, sorry. I was like, we have to do it. I was like, you will pay back for this, but. <laughs> not worry. <laughs> and but as you said, like you can make jokes for it, but there's certain people who I wouldn't make a joke in front of because I fear that they may start doing it. And I'm like, we can make jokes about it, but it's slightly different than other people do. And it's like in a setting as well. But because she knows me so well, and literally when I first joined this week when we recorded this comes out to my four-year mark, and I'll never forget this. And I and then I called her out because my live recording was at the office. And I said, right, I'm just going to call out my manager here. And this conversation, because I was doing it. So I, like, she hates attention. So my eye contact, so I could just see her just slinking back beneath her chair. So it's like, when I first joined, my stammer, so I said, because I let everyone know, I was like, just to let you know, I do have a stammer, so don't panic. And then her response was it's like, okay. And what? I was like, it says like, Pardon. She's like, yeah. And what was like, what what was the thing that you wanted to tell? Me? I was like, I've got a stammer. And then literally, I I clocked. I mean, when everyone started laughing because it because of my situation, and I knew, and, and she was just wetting herself. I mean, and she was literally just was like, that is a perfect response. But that's when I knew that I could be very comfortable with my stammer around her because I knew that she just wouldn't care. That's brilliant. But, but it's just so funny how I, I still remember that. And then she was literally like, yeah, and I was like, she, she was like, I really do not care. I was like, you do you? I was like, yeah, because I had never had that type of response before. I was just a bit put off guard. I was like, I was like really? She's like, yeah. I was like, I was like I, I've not had that answer before. She's like, Oh, okay. And this was just the conversation. And, and it was just like the most brilliant conversation that like, you couldn't rewrite because of just how easy it was. Because normally you say at moments, there's a follow up question saying, Oh, do we need to do this for you? And she didn't even say, Do we need to make any special arrangements? And like, do we need to do anything differently in meetings? She was just like, Okay, she was like, Tell the team. Yeah. And then she just told the team. And then the whole team was just like, Sure. And they are the most supportive team member. Like whenever I do anything, they they are my a cheerleading squad. And but the fact that they just and once one one of the other teams mentioned it, and I saw my manager's my my manager's eyes just go direct. It was like I I saw her vision, and then was just like, let me deal with this. And literally just stood up and went, "Do you have a problem right now?" And then my husband. Went, no, I mentioned good. I mentioned to sat back down again. Like she just <laughs> knew instantly what had happened. She wasn't even part of the conversation. But 
it's sort of now links me on to my next question. We, we talk about how like, we fear with a stammer that we may not want to do a public speaking job or a job that we talked about. But weirdly, people with a stammer are drawn to speaking jobs. This doesn't make any sense at all, and I can't explain it. And you are one of those people, you talk to people every day as a client. What advice would you have for someone wanting to become a trainer but are afraid of having some? But also, a bigger question is, people who are wanting to apply to go and go into the military, but they are afraid of their stammer, hold the, like, the consequences of the stammer, what, what would you say to them? Like you said, us being drawn to it, it's like a moth to a flame, isn't it? There's not, there's, uh, we know, we think we shouldn't, but we do. Um, I've actually been coaching a lad recently who's who's looking to join the Royal Marines. I won't say his name, but he told me he had a stammer um, and he was asking me questions about it. And I said, I'm not speaking to you unless you voice note me. And he started voice noting me. I've been doing it for a couple of, of weeks now and he said, I noticed the difference so much i feel better and he's constantly doing it so i guess the sort of tough love approach of you want to get better at this and do something about it you know like sitting i've done it as a young kid sitting and crossing my fingers and hoping oh maybe one day it'll just go away it's not going away it's not going away without you doing something about it so do something about it actively go out of your way to practice practice on people practice different all the techniques or voice noting or ringing people when you don't want to, answering the phone to the unknown number that you don't want to because yeah. you feel it's going to come on. The second that the phone used to ring for me, my chest, yeah. oh, oh, God, no, no, answer it. Answer it and what's the worst that can happen? I've had it when I've gone to say hello. And I can hear them saying, hello, hello, and they hang up and you're like, oh, yeah. But I'd say don't let it beat you. If there's, if there's something you want to do, do you want to be looking out the window watching people do it because you didn't want to try? What's the, like, I joined the Marines at 16. I had a stammer and I got the piss taken out of me every single day, but it wasn't like nasty. If anything, it was character building. Yeah. And if anything, it helped me. It put the confidence into me. They'd say like, right, we need someone to, uh, uh, to read this out, uh, you. Bosh, every time, me, me, me. And I'd be like, hey, come up and I'm getting practice speaking in front of these people. And I was thrust into that deep end. It's like being made to swim when you don't want to, you know? And that helped me. But I would never have chose to do that. I was thrust into that situation. I wouldn't have volunteered, never. Was my hand going up for that? So I guess it's make yourself uncomfortable. Don't let it beat you. And do something about it because no one's coming to fix it for you. You've got to do it yourself. All right. Yeah, that's just taking, like, it, it's just so true. But also, I've never let any comments about my stammer, like, get me down because I'm sorry. If I, but also this, the, the amount of comments, if I let that get me down, boy, when my man was like, that would be a deep, dark place. We get it. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, it's like we we don't have the time to like think about because it is just that that capacity of like but also it is that tough love like sometimes a situation will be tough and I had a situation a few weeks ago that I'd completely forgot about in a school trip 
we went to a restaurant before we went to see a show and this memory had completely escaped my brain but it literally the day it happened weirdly I, I walked past the restaurant that we were in and my heart started beating really fast I was like am I really hungry or like was, was like what is happening and then, and then my brain just gave me a really vivid flashback so so I looked inside the restaurant yeah this is really weird looked inside I they had a long table exactly where our long table was and my brain just went oh oh my god like literally it just and what it was we were going around like different not goals but like you know when you go around a table you say your goals are like you we were saying like a joke and everyone was saying theirs when it came to mine I was stammering, but it wasn't loud setting. And then the person was like, why don't I just save the jokes for you to, to save some time? Um, and then, so I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Then he just started. So I would say my word and, and he would do it even more when I would stammer on a word. So if I stammered on saying, I'm not sure, there, he would then repeat it, but fluently. So if I would stammer really bad in there, he would then say in there, let's just say we are no longer friends <laughs> and more have come to light about this person. And literally, he was just making a very vivid point. And, and, and because I was at that stage where I didn't really know, also didn't clock on at the time. And literally, the moment I walked past that restaurant, I had this moment just like, and this is why I don't let get because I, I clearly at the time was just like, do not store, do not save this. I think very, very far back. I know what you mean about yeah. being triggered by things like that. Like it used to be for me, um, I used to get sent on a lot of courses when I was in uh, the military. And you know, when you get sent on a course, yeah. first aid course or, or whatever it is, and what you always do day one, oh. you sat in a circle, right? Pass the ball to that person, stand up, introduce yourself, room full of strangers. And you're just like, oh, no. I know I can feel it coming. It's getting worse yeah. and worse before I've spoken. Yeah, I, I know. I can relate to that exactly. Yeah. The worst is a, a Q&A. Like, it, it, <laughs> so we've gone to a place and it's a Q&A. Because when we go, do you have any questions? When at the start, no one has any questions. And then by the time we thought of a question, and then it's just, you thought of a question, and now it's just getting the courage of just going, I've got a question. And like, literally, the amount of times where I've had a question, and I've just been, my heart's been pounding, like, literally, like, I am, I am about to find out some dreadful news. But literally, it's just me just wanting to ask this personal question. <laughs> it's just like, that moment of just way back to red of thinking, but also, you tell yourself you're going to stand by saying that question. Yeah. And what worse is then it's that silence of, like, because you can hear that microphone high pitch mm. noise, and literally, it just sounds, shivers like no one mentions it but you just feel that instant gulp that massive gulp and it's like oh god here we go and literally yeah. and once we had a really so we referred to that was that for meeting so I, like we were going around asking him questions and i'm not a football person but i've been but i know his story and everything and literally i think because but when i was asking him my question was not nervous at all but if I was asking like some random John Smith who was an expert in this 
we'd be way more nervous. Or like if we were going around the room like for worsters, for me like when we go into our new meetings and we go, oh let's go around the room, say on our own, say where we work. And anticipation, isn't it? It's the sat yeah. going, oh, three people to go, two people to go. It was the the register at school oh. thing that was absolutely hell on earth. Well, mine's first because my name's William, so I'm always out. Oh, you're last. No, yeah. no. Oh. And it was literally you were just because everyone like you know how our teacher would make it fun and I like, say it really snappy like here and I like, by the time it got to me the room would I will never forget those silences and like the register and, like the work like at the minute. We we are in like some meetings we say our names and then we say our pronouns and I'm fine normally saying he him his but once I, I was doing really badly on he and, and it sounded like it felt that I was saying she when I wasn't but because of my stomach I was doing a and then, then I had to repeat myself saying he him his and like then it just got it, it, and then I felt so embarrassed just because of my stammer in that moment right? it couldn't have happened at a worse time when you just have to laugh about it in that but i asked this person i asked every single guest and i don't even notice about this question beforehand when you think of someone famously stammers who do you think of rowan atkinson um it was the first person i was told had a stammer when really? i was younger yeah when i was younger and i, I didn't believe them no and obviously Mr. Bean, um, Johnny English, he's Zazu in in The Lion King that not a lot of people know. But yeah, he is. If you listen to it, you'll go, oh wow, it's him. Um, Give me two seconds. There's there's not going to be part of me recall, but I need to pick up this. (laughs) You put on that song that they sing, what is it? Um, I just can't wait to be king, and he's singing in it. Um, No. A Disney uh, fan, by the way. But so, Moran Atkinson was quite a new person for me, but it also makes so much sense of Mr. Bean being a non-speaking character, and one of his Black Adder characters had. It had been wanting to come out for a while. Good. But Warren Atkinson is, is someone who I didn't know until recently had a stammer, but also Mr. Bean came from his stammer because he kept on getting declined from like, auditions. So his stammer, so he created Mr. Bean. And then he's probably the most famous British character. Probably yeah. wonder if people know more of Mr. Bean than Harry Potter. I, I wonder if what what the rankings are about who knows more. Because yeah. it's very popular in like foreign countries because it's a non-speaking. Mr. Bean was the most British, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah. you notice that with all of his characters that he either doesn't really speak or he puts on a voice. Yeah. So if you put on a fake voice, oh, I'm Johnny English, you know, you, you know, stutter, same as singing, same as, you know, talking oh, to mind. Like, when you're yeah. mine, you don't sound at all. And like... <laughs> When you talk to yourself, like when people say, Oh, self record yourself, I'm like, It doesn't work. I'm like, Why? Because I don't stand it when I talk to myself, and it just makes no sense at all. But I now want to go back to a deeper, varied side of stammering. 
as we all know, the stigma isn't the best. What are your thoughts on the current stigma around stammering? Um, I think, I don't think, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think people are educated and it's yeah, not yeah. in the spotlight. So um, I was diagnosed with mental health issues about 10, 10 years ago, but I didn't even know what the word anxiety was. I'd never heard of it. But now you can't scroll through your phone for one minute without finding five top tips for yeah. anxiety. So maybe in 10 years time, stammering might take a bit more of a spotlight. People like you trailblazing the way, but I just don't think it's been in the spotlight yet. So people can't be educated on something they don't know anything about. And if you don't know anything about something, it's strange, it's weird, it's for, it's not normal to you. It's like, um, you know, like you said about all, all the comments then. So I need to do more videos and things for my, my company, but I hate the second that I can speak now, but the second I press record on a, on a phone or something to start doing, it just crumbles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I finally, I finally oh, put one up and this person commented something like, um, why are you so scared? It's only a camera. You're supposed to be a soldier, blah, blah, blah. And I come in back saying, I've actually got a stammer. I'm going through means to try and make it better. And filming this video was one of those means. And he deleted it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> he deleted the comment because he was embarrassed that he'd put that. Yeah. So I think... But that's he... the thing. Like, that's yeah. the thing that people... Because that's one of the missions of my new campaign is to show that you should never judge a silence. But also, if someone's not, there may be a gap in a sentence for a reason. But also, I, I had a situation when I was applying for like jobs. We were doing this group assessment and literally going around the room saying who we were. And I I never stand the same one name and I stand the same one name. One of the other candidates was sitting on me and, and he was like, can't you even say your own, own name? How the hell will you get a job if you can't even say your own name properly? And literally, rather than getting upset, my adrenaline, my brain was like, bring it on, mate. Was like, and this, my eyes just looked at him. The assessor's face, his mouth just dropped massively. Yeah. And then I, then I was like, well, I've got a stammer and but uh, and that's all I said uh, and I saw this boys he, he was one of those really smug people as well yeah, yeah, and, and, and and after but I, I thought you know what bring it on my motivation I didn't stammer once in my rest of the group assessment I'll show you when after the, the assessor pulled me aside he was like they were like now it's time to do like one-on-one -on -one interviews and he was like I'm going to take William and then the other there. So I was like, I'm going to take this person. And he was like, can I just say the reason why I was like, I specifically asked for you because of how you handled that situation. He was like, what? You, I, I was in shock. And he said, I can tell you now that he's not being taken on to our books. I was like, he's being told that he's not being successful because of what he did. And he was like, but you do the exact right situation. And then I was like, oh, he's like, do you feel sad? Or, but I was like, oh no, it's giving, giving me the biggest adrenaline rush I've had in my whole life. <laughs> He's actually done you a favour by yeah. trying to ridicule you. It's, 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 like, it's what, a stupid, what a stupid thing to say. Like, you know, you can't say your own name. How are you going to get a job? Well, I'll just get a job when I don't have to say my name. <laughs> yeah. then, I, then I was like, well, I am more likely to get a job 
because of me, at least trying to say my name when you're making fun of someone else in your in your assessment. If that was my motto, it's like, I'm more likely to get a job than you if, if you're going to say comments like that in the workplace to other people. And, and it was just bizarre, but I think like 27% of Brits think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer. This is just not on busts. It's scarily believable at the exact same time. Like, I know that if I see a, on TikTok, like Instagram, see a, a helicopter, I know that the last three seconds of that clip will be someone with a stammer. And I'm like, nah, that is not. And then every time a reporter, and I go, oh, sorry, we don't find, we, we can't see a reason why this is wrong. And I'm like, okay. Like, but it's just so interesting. Like, it's a such a varied stigma, but at the same time, you got one handle where it's a very supportive talk about it. That's amazing being open, like, got concerned, but also you got the bullying aspect where people, and like, it's certainly one of the only disabilities left or things left that people think it's okay to make fun of. And I'm like, you're making fun of someone's voice, you're not making fun of. If someone wears glasses, for example, and you're telling them making fun, they can at least wear contact lenses, which may help them being bullied, but we can't change our voice or we can't disguise how we speak. We would love to, but... Yeah. You'd have to do... You know, it's a case of, like, you know, you're going to have to try a little bit harder yeah. to bend someone. Than, I, the, uh, the thought that people don't see why it's wrong is just yeah. obviously clear to no education because yeah. people, you know it's very it'd be hypocritical i guarantee that person gets offended about something whether yeah. it's about their um their age their height their gender their race whatever it is so you can't get offended about one and not the other you know it, you can't there can't be rules there can't be it has to be all or nothing it has to be one everything that everyone in the same boat and i think it's just because it's not been in the spotlight and people aren't educated on it or well, hopefully soon and uh, well hopefully and, and i you'll be you've been inspiring people within you know, because your video I, I, i'll never forget watching your video for, for international stomach awareness day and, and then i was like wow because like, you had not really mentioned it on like, any other like social media post, and when I also does your response from your video was like, wow, and, and literally that. I mean, when when I was looking at guess who who to reach out to, you've been been on my list to get onto the podcast for a very long time. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. Yeah, I, you know what? That was in a time when I was petrified of anything like this. The first podcast that I did, I was sat here for half an hour getting ready to. I touch stuff when I'm nervous, you know, I touch the microphone, touch yeah. the camera, but I was sat here for ages doing everything and I was sweating and I was petrified and kept saying, I'm going to do a video about this, but I was like, I just won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. So I was like, right, I'm not going to hold myself accountable. So I, I put on, I'm going to do a live tonight at seven and people like, oh. uh, you know, message back saying, oh, great. And I was like, shit, you got to do it now. <laughs> you know, like there's no backing out now. So I think the second I, I forced myself into the deep end, like I said about the other, make yourself have to do it now because people have seen that. And that was when I did that video and it helped me a lot. And I hadn't mentioned it before. But I think 
it felt good to do. It, 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 it did feel good to do. And then, like, you know, it got a decent response. And people messaged me about their stammer. And I was like, oh. I, I've been messaging a lad in Australia about his for ages and a few other people. And um, it was good to do. Because I remember being the person who was didn't know what to do and didn't know how to... Ha- and it's nice to share the love, isn't it, and spread yeah. a bit of... Um, it can be okay. You don't, you don't, you're not doomed to be like this forever, but you've got to yeah. do something about it. Um, just quick, just quickly, how did the pandemic affect your stammer? In no way. I don't really? think, yeah, I don't think so in any way. Um, I, uh, I, I, I carried on as normal. I'd say. I wouldn't say it affected my stammer in any way. I'd say the only thing that the pandemic did for me was make me gain weight because I couldn't go and do everything. And I was trapped in a flat with too much food, nothing to do. <laughs> and I do like my food. Yeah. It is hard when you're trying to train, but that is one thing that I do like. But no, I would say, be, if I'm being authentic and honest, it didn't. I, I would not have even associated the two as a factor. I'd say the only... Um, what's affected my stammer over the over, over the more, more recent years? Um, I don't know, but it definitely wouldn't no. have been like. Because did you find it did for you? Working from home, like for me, phone calls are that's what I find hardest. And like to talk to my team, I have so to. Your routine that. changed, so yours. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Because like, when I go into the office, like tomorrow I'm in the office and my stamina will be great because I'm like, you just got that journey. And, and like when I'm working from home, I may go, go a day when I only have two calls. Mm-hmm. So my stammer may be really bad. And I, you can always tell, depending on how many calls I've had. So today, I mean, recording it, so I've actually not had that many calls. So I'm surprised how good my stammer is today. But normally, if I do a podcast recording, after a day of no calls, my stammer is shocking. But so you, if you I... need to be warmed up. You need to be practiced, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much more sense what you're asking me now. I didn't understand the question really because my routine didn't change. But then yeah. if I, I guess I've not seen that from the person who's been isolated at home's point of view. Yeah. Because if you were isolated and you're used to being in a busy environment speaking to people, that's a massive change. And I can understand that if you need to be warmed up and you need to feel better that way. Um, the annoying part about a stammer, like, I'm one of them people, and probably, you know, I could talk and talk and talk, especially after a couple of flat whites or something like that. That's yeah. me. It's just coming out. The stammer stops that, doesn't it? And I suppose yeah. from a person who wants to be eccentric and wants to speak a lot and talk and say hi to everyone, like, I know uh, I know you lot that... Uh, uh, down London don't do that but up, up, up north we say hi to everyone you know yeah. and my fiance's family are all from London and they think it's mad when I speak to people on on the tube and they say you, you shouldn't do that and I'm like I just say hello but it's frustrating being that sort of person but having the brakes on you stopping yeah. you from being able to do it I think that's it it's the frustration isn't it stopping yeah. you from being the person you want to be yeah, you're definitely true about London, us and London commuters. We don't really talk to each other. We just go into autopilot. <laughs> and then, but also, we just go into, because I've done my commute for so long, the only time I talk, and like every day, like I talk to my friend when I'm commuting, and like he's driving to work, 
but I don't come back. That's my first conversation because that's just we just talk, we saying things, and like my first proper conversation is when I go to prep to get my coffee, and that's what really gets me going for the day. And it's like, and like when I'm working from home, so I go to a cafe called Sorry Coffee Company, and then my team are so supportive, like they support the podcast, and like they had no idea I had to stammer until. Uh, sometimes if I but also if I'm hungover my stammer is really affected by it and I so I think that's how I can tell if I'm hungover or not <laughs> if I'm bad my stammer is leave me alone I've got a hangover <laughs> but I've got one last question I would love to ask you to round up this episode if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer what would they be if you have a stammer, practice talking. Number one, practice talking. So, if you are if you are listening to this and you want to improve your stammer, voice note a few people this week. Try it. it might not work for you, like like you said, but it's think about it as as getting the reps in. Voice note your closest people, your friends, your family. Tell them why you want to do it and keep doing it, and then start doing it to more and more people and. I almost guarantee it will help. Um, two, don't be shy about it. Own it. Beat people to the punch. So, as you said, tell them that you have a stammer. Don't hide it. Don't, you know, allow the elephant to be in the room. Just tell them. Break, break the ice. Understand their point of view. They'll feel uncomfortable. So tell them first, and then everyone's at ease. And number three... Put yourself into situations that you don't want to be in and make make it unable for you to back out of it. I don't mean, you know, swimming if you can't swim. But I mean, hold yourself accountable. Say, I'm going to talk on a video tonight and tell everyone, tell people. So you can't back out and go, well, I've got no way of backing out now. Yeah. And you will feel, as you did with, with your TEDx talk, as we've said here, elation when you finish. And what that will do is inspire you to do it again and again and again. And you will realize that things are possible you didn't believe were possible. And then you think, I can actually do this. <laughs> this isn't as bad as I built up in my mind and the anticipation's worse than the doing. So you will realize quickly that you can do a lot more than you thought. Um, advice to people without a stammer. Um, don't finish people's sentences. <laughs> you said that one. Um, you know, I, I guess it's educate. I, I, don't finish people's sentences. Don't be uh, too quick to judge someone as because you know everyone has everyone in the modern days got a quirk, got something not wrong with them, but got their own thing, and it's just a different one that a lot not a lot of people know about. And um, if you know someone with a stammer, ask them about it. <laughs> Speak to them about it. Because like you said, then you don't often get to have that conversation, yeah. do you? Not in an awkward way. Not like, you want to talk about your stammer today? But, you know, ask them what it's like, show an interest. Like, you know, what's it like? Like, you know, because I think if you have that, if I was to have that conversation with friends, it would alleviate a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry about what they're thinking. Because I've told them, you know, um, it's just a normal thing like anything else and it's not the end of the world and so that's my my three 
Wow. They were great pieces of, of advice. And thank you so much for joining me today. Probably because I said it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, but also I have been so inspired by this episode as well. But also it's so interesting hearing your, your perspective on like the different topics that have been covered because you've hit the nail on, on the head on so many areas. And there's been some I've been trying to explain for ages and you've literally just done the perfect summary for them. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the invite, Will. I really appreciated it. And it's uh, it, it, it's been nice to talk to you. There you go. It's been clear the whole way through and I've stammered at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that just shows how like, you never, like, when we stammer, we never know how we're going to, when or how we're going to stammer. And but to our guests, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to David about his story. But also remember that we've got our very exciting campaign, which is being launched soon. So keep an eye out for that. And we've also got some other really exciting guests coming on who who don't stammer, who do stammer, but also who work in, in, in the field, which would be really interesting. But also remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and also TikTok, where we post stammering and neurodiversity facts, but also updates about podcasts and future episodes. So I'll see you next time in two weeks. Bye.